To us, uh, Mother Earth is the mother, and we cannot live without our mother. This is uh, the way we were taught. So the movement to keep Mother, a part of Mother Earth for ourselves, and to live close to nature with all animal life, protectors. These are the sacred instructions of the medicine people and traditionalists that uh, the Great Spirit put us on this earth and he gave us instructions on how to take care of it and it would take care of us. Never to kill anything unless you could eat it and never kill anything unless you were hungry. It didn't matter how much game it could be around but if you weren't hungry you wouldn't kill it or unless you could uh, use it in the future like dried, like jerky, dry meat berries, things like that. But even then, when you had enough, you left berries for the bears and for the deer and for the birds. You didn't take everything. Nobody owned Mother Earth. No one, we had your boundaries, but everyone used the land and protected the land. We didn't burn the forest, pollute the streams. This is the way of life, and if you pollute the streams and you destroy the, the, way, uh, the balance of nature, with atomic power and atomic blast and that we're going to suffer. Not only us Indians who are traditionists, but you destroy the balance of nature enough. And the plants will die with all these new radiations and water will be polluted with radiation. And this will be the end of man. People think that we're senseless savages, that we don't know what we're doing. But you cannot live without Mother Nature. And to take care of her and she will take care of us forever. This is the thing that we teach, and uh, we don't own a lot of land. We don't own Mother Earth because in the end, Mother Earth owns us. I don't care how many millions of acres you have. President Johnson won't get any bigger place than I when he passes away, and he won't take anything with him. The thing is that they take so much that uh, there's not any room for other people. So they have to move into cities and into slums. And there, you see what's happening. This is not nature's way for man to live bunched up in slums. And now you're having trouble. This is the thing that we're fighting. We want a way of life that's beautiful and with the great spirit, harm nothing and harm no one. And if I have done that today, I have lived a good day. I have lived with the great spirit. As a medicine man, you must have some ideas about the cause and nature of illness and how best to cure it. The causes of illness, some is self-inflicted in this manner. It's self-punishment. That's why you have psychiatrists now. They found this out not too long ago, that much of your sickness can be uh, punishment, self-punishment because you, you have done something wrong that you were taught was wrong and you believed they go great for sin. They say this is a sin, this is a sin and you're taught that this is a sin and as a rule it's something that nature gave you that's beautiful and wonderful but they teach you it's dirty and it's sin, it's sin. So as you grow up and nature takes its course and you do these very same things that they tell you are sins because it's required, it's a process, it's a natural process then after that, they see it, they feel ugly, they feel dirty. And it might not affect them at that time. But in later years, when they have forgotten, they think they have forgotten, but it's still in back of their mind. And this is the thing that creates much illness and mental illness, emotional upsets. This is psychiatry. And we knew this all the time, way back when we were considered savages. 
that uh, I use the word because we have been classified even now. They think that we, we, if you see an Indian with long hair and moccasins, they figure he's stupid, that he's not intelligent, that he's a heathen. But uh, that's beside the point. But uh, that is one type of illness. Other has to do with dissipation. I don't mean just drinking. In food, they, they dissipate, they overeat, they eat rich, rich foods. They punish their body and in the end they're going to develop something because they don't know how to take care of their body. They do not think of their body. We were taught that the body is sacred, that it's only loaned to us for a very short time by the great spirit. It's a house for our spirit and that this body is sacred and we should take care of it, keep it clean, both in ma and mind and the words that we use. There was no profanity in Indian languages until we got to make contact with a superior white race. Then we learned about profanity and vulgarity. But we had no such a thing. To call another man by an animal name meant nothing because we had running deer, we had red fox, we had animals were our friends. We didn't associate anything lowly with animals. We respected animals. But they dissipate, overeat. They don't uh, exercise. They don't eat properly, and that's another form of sickness. So uh, there are a variety of things that you feel cause sickness and possibly uh, not uh, living according to the, the plan of the Great Spirit and this kind of thing also. Uh, uh, and what kind of, as a medicine man, I realize that much of this is, is secret, uh, but some of the things that you can tell us perhaps about uh, what kind, how do you approach an illness uh, to cure it? Very much the same as any doctor. And that we we speak for a long time and set the patient at rest. Besides, we have one advantage over doctors and priests or whatever you want to call them, that uh, the people that come to you confide in you completely. They are like children who come to a father to really tell them. It's not a confession in any way. It's something that they want to talk about. And you can find out almost immediately because they're so open. They know that there isn't any punishment, that uh, you have to uh, go to hell. All this is terrible that you would think of anything like that. We have no power to send anybody to hell like the white man has. And uh, we have no power to send him to heaven. We don't know the way any better than anybody else, only to live through the sacred instruction. So he's very free to tell us anything. And being that we approach things different that are natural. Sex, for instance, we approach it different, that there is no shame in him to admit this or that, so that we, we, we can find out the cause, whether it's overeating, whether it's the food, or whether it's a natural sickness. Now, there's some sicknesses that we don't know anything about. Cancer. I don't know anything about cancer. I don't, I, I will never bluff and say I know. There's other diseases that we know about, sugar, sugar diabetes, we know. But we have to be careful. We can only use it with our people, yet we can, can control it and get cures. Because then we would get in trouble with the AMA. And we don't want any more trouble than we had already. So many of the things that we do know, we have to keep them secret or else we'd be crucified and uh, made fools of, taken into court and thrown in jail. And the jail is no place for an Indian, for an Indian man. So we, we have full confidence of the person involved, and thereby we can arrive at what is wrong with you. 
might be your liver, might be your kidneys. And then we have combination of herbs for such things. For heart, if a person is too fat, we know that he can suffer with heart attack, or anyone can, with the pressures of, of the outside world. They, 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 they have heart attacks, it's a great killer. But we have a place here where we don't have many heart attacks, and we don't have trouble with homosexuals. The, the people are not emotionally upset that way, or they don't think that something is so bad that they have to deviate. So we have a good system, and we say that people that are open-minded and wish to learn, if they would just consider us as intelligent human beings, they could learn more from us than what they have already. Many of the medicines used now uh, uh, were taken by, by the doctors and analyzed and then made into a white man pill. But it was always used by the medicine man as herbs, barks, roots. Quinine, for instance, was a, was a bark that, they, that the Indians chewed, the natives. And, and they didn't get malaria. All, the, all these things that we knew, but they keep them hidden. We have a, a tape on the things that we know that were taped by uh, a professor. And so it's almost a combination of, uh, well, it's being like a psychiatrist and a regular doctor. That is, you try and, and find out. a confessor. Yes. I mean, we have complete confidence. Only we never forgive anybody for what they do. They have to pay for it themselves. But in, in, in living right, and if you're doing something wrong that's affecting your health, it could be mental. There's something that you're doing wrong that you know is wrong because among Indians in the old way, something was either morally right or morally wrong. We didn't have any sins, but we had crimes. Mm -hmm. And there were very few crimes. So if you have a way of life that's either right or wrong, and you know the difference, and you follow the straight path, there's not much chance for mental illness. Though, sometimes through an accident, someone would... Uh, uh, <clears throat> go insane, or we don't like the word insane, uh, he was demanded. But uh, from there on, the people would treat him right, because he had been touched by the Great Spirit. He was given complete freedom to go and sit and eat, even with the enemy, if he had an enemy. Everybody treated him with love and kindness. Thereby, we had no criminal insane. This person knew nothing but love and kindness and respect. But now, as a child, you see a child that demanded, everybody pokes fun of him. They, they, and finally, when he gets big enough, someday he'll crack and he'll kill someone because he's never learned anything because the people that we see, outsiders, make fun of each other, cruel fun. And they'll allow their children to poke fun at some child that's fat, for instance. A child, they call him lard and I don't know what else. And so this child is emotionally upset and will eat more and will always be fat. And he'll make a joke out to hide the hurt in him and he'll get fatter. Well, if this child was allowed to grow this baby fat off and he wasn't ridiculed and made fun of, someday he would be slim, or she would be. This, uh, this, this we know. Mm -hmm. Do you find a number of Indians having problems that, uh, with, uh, with having to associate in the white world, that is, they can't stay completely on the reservation at times, uh, that this uh, kind of split in their lives causes problems? Well... The government used to take the children from very little away from their homes when they were small and put in schools where they didn't come out of there till they were grown up. They were punished if they spoke their language. They, were, they tried to make a white man out of an Indian. And uh, thereby we have Indians that 
do not even speak their own language. They're only Indians because this is the only place they can find an identity, which is very important. Some have been lost through coming back to the reservations and in despair they turn to alcohol. We've lost too many of them. This is the main killer, the alcohol. And then the confusion in religion. When you meet the people who for 2,000 years almost have professed to be Christians and full of love and, and forgiveness, all the, the hypocrisy of their nature, and then to come here and teach us such a untruth when they themselves were thieves, cutthroats, and barbarians. And to this day they're trying to take the last piece of land that we have and all the rest of the Christians put together are letting them do it. Their own people that they elect to do this. They say, I'm not doing it to you. They are because they elect these people to go up there and steal from us. And this is a, quite a confusion. Even if you don't notice it, we do, that this has something to do with, with the downfall of the Indian because he doesn't know who he is. There'll be churches that won't accept him. There's places close by this reservation, Tonawanda, where they won't rent to an Indian because he's an Indian. Yet these people are churchgoers. Where is an Indian to turn to for truth? We need somebody to live his religion. This I say, yes. If we all lived our religion the way it was written down originally, without, with, without deviating, then we would have peace in this world. And we would have what belongs to us because it does belong to us. It was God-given to us. We have ancestral rights, God-given rights, and rights by treaties, and they've all been broken. So we have uh, uh, people that are discouraged mostly, though they do not know it. And this tends for alcohol and, uh, and getting in trouble with the white man law before we didn't have this. So you feel that essentially it's it's important that uh, whatever a person believes in to, to, to get back to practicing what he believes. This is true. If people would practice what they call justice, under the Constitution of the United States, which is a beautiful document, and that gives you the right, regardless of race, speed, and color, and it was taken 30% from the Indian Confederacy. These people here, I'm from the West, I'm not very well acquainted, but I do know that to be history, to be a fact, that if these people would live their religion, there wouldn't be any trouble with colored people or anyone. But no, they, they still put you down. Now they have trouble with colored people. And, and this is in our prophecies, that they would have trouble with the black serpent. And this is the colored people who are demanding their rights through force. I don't want force, but they are getting it through force, which maybe is the only thing because they've been held down so long. I do not know. I do not question them, for they have different aims than we do. We want to keep our identity. We want to be separated from the white man. We would like to run our business the way we want to. We want freedom from the white man rather than to integrate with him. That we want freedom from the white man rather than to integrate with him. That's up to the individual. But here I say, you will take the Indian away and you take the last land that he has. He'll have to move into town and he will go into slums. And you're going to have another race of people, minority group, that will join eventually with the others. And if we ever did break our treaty, which we never have, and become militant, then the white man will have a trouble because we'll have the, 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 the colored people and, and all the minority races band together and his day is numbered. He needs us. And if he would use his head and let us keep what we have, we will always be peaceful. 
you don't uh, at present uh, you're in your in your meetings uh, aren't considering a, an alliance with the Negro uh, black power concept then no they have their own they, they have their own problems and we have our own we we, we don't have uh, the same aims if they would take my children and put them in a, in a separate school in my reservation as Indians it wouldn't bother me one bit but this is different we belong here we know we are here but uh, that's not the problem we we don't have to join anyone we think that if we just join forces ourselves in a peace movement and if we become as one we can and we can keep what we have that's all we want to live with mother nature and to and, and mother earth and to live a peaceful life this is all we want and uh, yours are in fact opposite uh, that is you want to be left alone whereas uh, the negro is looking toward more equality and integration I do not understand their aims, and I, I don't like to comment on them, All right. because they have enough trouble of their own in trying to, to prove who they are and what service they've given to this country, how the building of the South and part of this country is uh, due to slave labor, and in which they have a great part in the building of an America. Seymour, could you tell us about the uh, role of the supernatural? Uh, in, I understand in talking to Mad Bear that uh, out in Washington uh, there was some discussion whether you had uh, caused a power blackout. And uh, you had said that you were able to do this, but you hadn't caused that one. No, I didn't say I was able. I denied it. Oh. No. There was some confusion on that, I guess. It was, it was because we had been on TV before, and we threatened them with this uh, phenomenon. And I happened to say it, and I told them they would, uh, that we could create a blackout. Uh, to draw the attention to the fishing rights of the Nisqualis. And, well, it happened. And uh, that was the start of it. And there was three towns that were blacked out. Of course, the next day, the reporters were having a field day. But uh, I just happened to have mentioned it. And then we mentioned about Bigfoot. That it, and, and he showed up because they had an expedition this spring from Washington State. It was in the newspapers where they were out to get this giant of a man that shows up whenever we are around. And... Uh, uh, we've been a little disappointed, I have, since I've been here, because I expected him to show up over here. Whether he's supernatural or not, I do not know. And um, when we talk about what is called supernatural, supernatural is something that other people believe that you don't believe. So you, we say the white man has a lot of things that he calls uh, faith or, or uh, something that is a fact, which to us is supernatural. So uh, supernatural, I don't like the word. I would say that there's just certain forces that people are aware of, only we have different names for them and then different language. But uh, these things are, are not uh, unique in our, in our system, and it isn't at all with a Christian either who believes in miracles. To him, they're miracles. To other people, it's not a hogwash. So when we have something that happens that is a miracle, why somebody will explain it some way, but when he has his book full of miracles, why they're miracles. It just depends. And uh, this book, Bigfoot, is like uh, I talked uh, last year with Duffy Wilson, and he talked about seeing uh, 
the big man uh, who is about 20 feet tall, I believe he, he said. Uh, is this the same kind of uh, uh, person? That would be Bigfoot, yes. Mm. And this appears as a warning or as, as a, a sign? As a warning, yes, as a warning uh -huh. of crop failures, of uh, uh, dissensions and uh, riots. The whole thing, it, it creates, uh, it's, uh, he's... Uh, I would say a messenger, more or less, or whenever he appears, there's trouble. Mm -hmm. And uh, we know, because we, but as a rule, an Indian will not tell a white man when he sees him, but he's expecting then trouble, and we keep track of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, then when, uh, like the Bear Clan make medicine, the Bear Clan made medicine, and in this week there was three persons killed by bears. And we keep track of these things because they, they, we mark them down before and after. In two or three days, something happens. And there hadn't been anybody killed by bears for since 1939, I believe, or something like that. And in the last week, there was three. And we, we, I'm just using this for an example, that we knew that some people would be killed by bears. And it happened, and we got records of it that we keep that someday we will show the people that we knew what we were saying because when we say something, we mark it down now, white man way, and we have it witnessed. And then the dates of the other, of the happening later on, as foretold uh, by our people. Last year at the powwow that was held on the Tuscarora Reserve, there was uh, a uh, bright light in the sky that appeared as a sign. Uh, and uh, this hasn't... Uh, still been explained, I believe, by the astronomers. That is correct, but uh, I didn't see it. I wasn't here. I was it was just in the uh, in this part of the country, I guess, in the northeast. Something like that, yeah, but uh, it had been predicted by the Hopis, mm -hmm. and this was the sign they received. And uh, we, we say it is so, because, like they say, it has never been explained. And there was evidence in Washington, you say, uh, that Bigfoot was there. Uh, you you saw the evidence? Uh, in Washington State, yeah, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. He was there uh, the day that we got there that night, just about a quarter of a mile away. He appeared to a white man. He looked in through the window, and the man was paralyzed with fear. One of the deputy sheriffs from there seen him also, but due to his work and as an officer and everything, we couldn't say. But he, he came over and he, and another deputy sheriff saw him, saw this giant of a man or creature, but they were afraid to be ridiculed and lose their job. And what other evidence was there that they sent out a party to explore? After we left, he kept on uh, uh, appearing and he crossed the river, as I understand it. I have the clippings at home from their newspaper that was sent to me. And they, they found his track and they took a plaster cast. And that's the one they showed in, uh, in the newspapers. But we have one identical. It, uh, it's being carried right now by one of the, the Mohawks. He has a plaster cast of this footprint. And it's a huge thing. And uh, they have one identical that was taken miles from where we were and we had already left and, uh, and that's when they, found, they had seen things happen but they hadn't uh, taken a, a, a footprint now they know that it was a very heavy man because of the depth it couldn't be manufactured in other words they, they looked into all this a white man wouldn't and uh, so these scientists were going out to see if they could capture him and we know he, they never will
And were there, uh, I believe there were reports of trees being broken off or something like that? broke trees, yes. And some of the branches were broken way up high. And there was a dog that had been killed, and he was shattered against the trunk of a tree 14 feet high. He laid there. I mean, the, what remained of the dog. So it had to be a very tall person to be able to smash a dog 14 feet high in the trunk of a tree. So we, we know that he was around. Uh, Seymour, you have uh, lectured to very distinguished groups in the country, and recently you've uh, been speaking at the medical school at the University of Rochester. What, uh, what kind of information uh, do you uh, give to these people? That, uh... Well, I, I was at uh, UR with a psychiatrist, and, uh, and we were just uh, lecturing on our approach to mental illness and emotional blocks the whole works have you uh, uh, had a great deal of formal education uh, have you studied psychology or anything like this uh, I, I I don't like to fly my own kite I'd rather not say but I've other than I've had extensive uh-huh. uh, are you familiar with the writings of Freud and people like that uh, yes mm-hmm. but you had uh, these ideas about... Uh, but I was taught before by our yeah. people. It took me 20 years to be a medicine man. And I didn't find too many things that were different. Mm-hmm. These things we knew, and, or I knew, it was easy for me to accept many of the things mm-hmm. written by Freud because we knew of these things. The only thing that we didn't have was the Oedipus complex because when a child was born, he had too many mothers. And it was done in wisdom. He, all his aunts, uh, he didn't have aunts, he had mothers. So that when he grew up and he was 12 years old and was taken by father into the, the, the male part in the societies, he thought the world of his father. His father was, uh, he wanted to be like his father. He respected his fathers and the old ones for wisdom. So he had no chance to hate his father because he had so many mothers. So there's wisdom in what we used to have. Some of the tribes went so far that when a couple married, the, the mother-in-law never spoke to her son-in-law and it still exists in a lot of the Navajos. They have no mother-in-law trouble. That would that would help with it. Oh, it helps immensely. <laughs> uh, and this was done again uh, from experience, perhaps, uh, that this would be the best uh, way to kind of safeguard against conflicts as well. That would safeguard against conflicts, and beside the son-in-law and the mother-in-law have nothing in common. And uh, this way, why, they, they avoided a lot of trouble and heartaches and broken homes. There was no, uh, no trouble. This is in the West. But uh, the women were always the boss. A lot of people believe that a chief is born a chief. He is not. He is elected by the clan mothers. Mm-hmm. When a chief dies, the clan mothers adopt, I mean, uh, create the chief, whoever he may be. And if he gets out of line, it isn't the warriors that put him in line. It's the clan mothers that give him a talking to. And even I, as old as I am, I'm 63. Uh, when a clan mother talks to me, I automatically obey. Tremendous respect for it. Uh, some people have said that uh, the Indian society is dominated by the women, and uh, it's a matriarchal kind of society. I I believe it isn't any different in any society. You take uh, the white man, he's just a figurehead. He makes himself believe that he is the boss. But I've, I've known very few, unless they were brutal, and uh, that were actually boss. 
the wife bosses him in one way or another. See that she can use kindness, love, or a kiss, and she can dominate a man. But he thinks that he, she's wise enough to let him think that he's the boss. Same in choosing a mate. He figures that he swept her off her feet and all that. Well, she chose him from the beginning, and she just happened to be in the way all the time. And after that, he brags about how he... He was such a great lover, but he hadn't, he, he didn't have a chance since the first time she put her eyes on him. Uh, how important is the, the role of marriage then and, and uh, uh, fidelity in marriage and so on? Before, of course, it was for life. Until mm -hmm. he came in contact with modern civilization, the greatest homebreaker is alcohol, where any man that drinks alcohol to excess can't be a good father or a good husband. I don't care whether what he is. But, of course, it shows up more in the Indian because he's a minority race and he's judged harshly. But uh, I was in the Navy, and I used to watch these sailors when we used to hit port, hit drunk and fight. And I used to, I used to say, I hope we Indians don't look like that. They were worse than any Indian I seen. They'd fight one another. They'd fight the Marines. They'd fight the soldiers. They'd fight for the heck of it. And they weren't Indians. So to say that an Indian is any worse than anyone else, only it shows because you're judged as a whole. They see one drunk Indian and the, all Indians are drunk. They see five, five white men drunk and they're just winos. So you see, this is the, uh, the majority uh, will judge their own people as individuals, but they'll judge other minority races as a whole. This is the only difference. Do you... Uh you said you, uh, it took you uh, quite a few years to become a medicine man. What kind of training uh, did you have to have? Some of the training was very hard. You had to learn to control all, all your senses, all your body, all your emotions, turn them on, turn them off, full control of your body at all times to the point that they make you sit for hours without moving and you go through the thirst test where they put you in a, in a little hut made out of mud and reeds in the middle of the desert with jar of water and they keep you there and uh, you're not to drink the water you can if you want to but then you'd break you'd break the rules and uh, when I took that test toward the end my lips were chapped my tongue was thick and every time I closed my eyes I could see water but I finally I didn't drink the water so you see we figure that a person to be able to control other people. You really have to have control of them to be able to do anything for them. That you yourself have to have full control of your senses and your emotions and your body. Also, that before we treat people, we we go into seclusion and we fast and we pray and we cleanse ourselves to the best of our ability, both mentally, physically and spiritually, to the point that we can do things for people because we contend that uh, to do any kind of work the instrument has to be clean. It's just like an operation. You wouldn't operate with dirty uh, uh, instruments. They have to be sterilized. They have to be clean. Even a man who wants to help another, whether it be an emotional problem or any problem, he has to be clean himself and he will have better luck. If a doctor who with all his knowledge would live this way and cleanse himself, he would have more wisdom and he would know exactly what to do with his patient and he would have something else beside medicine which has the power of the, of, of the creator, of the great spirit, to help him because he was doing good. But the primary of the purpose is to get rich. You're not very successful. You can have all the knowledge in the world. You can lose many people. 
But if you are not that way, if you're not greedy and you are clean, you would have better success. And so uh, you you have to become a very strong person that can control yourself in order to be uh, an inspiration, in a sense, in yeah. order to be of help to others. Uh, were there other uh, instructions in, in the herbs and, and this kind of thing? Did you have to, did you have to accompany uh, an experienced medicine man uh, so that you yourself would then... Uh, uh, be able to perform some of these oh, healings? Well, definitely, yes. You were under the instructions of the wise ones, and they taught you the herbs, combination of herbs, the poisons, the different things, because sometimes you can use poison for certain things. But the main purpose of, of, of being taught was that there is one thing that's very important to anyone who wants to live a long life and wants to help other people and be successful. He must never learn to hate regardless of the things that they have done to me and as a child when when i was discriminated upon completely where i was beat where I, there was so much injustice against me i never learned to hate and if a man never learns to hate he can accomplish many things because this is the thing that destroys not only people as individuals but but nations that learn to hate other people and exterminate them they lose out they lose their 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 humanity they lose their their contact with the great spirit so if any man i say any man regardless of what color he is if he learns to hate he is lost but if he if he can take these injustice and fight for justice in a clean way without hating he will go a long ways and so this is a spiritual training as well as uh, learning the profession it's a very personal kind of thing well it would have to be yes but i mean if you don't if you, if you don't know how to hate and if you've been taught not to hate, you start hating and you get in a vicious circle. And that circle becomes self-centered. And this circle gets smaller and smaller. You can't evolve spiritually, physically, or mentally. This is understood by anyone that it has common sense. And if you can practice this, then you can go a long ways. You can learn, even from the bad things, you can learn that there's good everywhere. What do you feel are some of the things that the white man can learn from the Indian philosophy? He can learn to be truthful and not a hypocrite. Not to be, go on church on Sunday and do his dirty work the rest of the week or to, or to discriminate against his other people. The white man feels he is superior. I don't care what he says, he feels he's superior because he's been taught this way, not because he is. He doesn't give anybody else a chance. He figures that being born white makes him superior in intelligence. And whether, whether he's taught one way or another, he does believe that. And uh, he tends to, to shy away from other people. He doesn't want to come in contact with other people that are dark. He says that some of them automatically hate a black man when he sees him. Not because he's done anything to him, but because he's black. He doesn't, he's, he, he has, a, a, everything is colored to him. And he's been taught that everything that is good is snow white and everything that's bad is black. You have a black heart. But uh, everything is white, white, white. The white spirits or the white fairy and, and the black fairy. I mean, everything has been from the beginning. He's taught that black is bad and white is perfect. And that's where he's losing. Because soon, even now, in popula population across the world, I mean population-wise, he is a minority race. And he is in danger of being exterminated someday because... There's too many other races that are not white that he has hated and he has taught them to hate him. 
And it's time that he changed his way and with his wisdom and his knowledge, if he would change and he would really live his religion as taught to him by his Christ or whoever he may be, why then he has a chance, but he can't be on top. This, this country is, is uh, resembling the history of Rome. If you look at the history of Rome and the things that are happening to us here, you'll find out that they are identical. And we are a giant, yes. America is a giant, but it has clay feet because it was built on something that is not so. It is not a glorious heritage at all. It was built on total aggression. This country was built on total aggression, aggression, total disregard for the people here. And, and there was everything, that, any crime that you can think of was committed against these people. And still they say it was the land of the free, of freedom, of religion, of freedom of this. And this is, this is being a hypocrite. And you cannot have a foundation like this. If he has time, he has time to, to come back and to look this thing over. Look at himself. Look at his history, which is very black. And if he will do something for his own people and his other people, he has a chance to survive as an American. Otherwise... Soon, in another 20 years, another 30 years, it's not long, he will know what I'm talking about. And he will know that his children will suffer just like anybody else because he will be the race that will be under. And the only thing he created was hate for him. And then he will be paid in return because as you sow, so shall you reap. Have you uh, always been a traditionalist or have you also studied Christianity? I have always been a traditionalist. I've never been able to, to, to go the other way because the ones that taught me would, would explain that they would talk with one, one, one with the book. They would talk with the book about the beautiful things and with the other thing their actions were exactly the opposite. They had been done right along to all, to Hawaii, to all the people, and I had the knowledge uh, of being able to read and to compare history, and, and I could see it from my point of view of the injustice and the things that have been practiced under the name of religion. This is not so. This is not the way it was meant by, by, by he who came over, supposedly, to teach them about mercy and brotherly love They've never practiced nothing but wars, war wars, crusades, crusades. And I don't think that he can survive much longer unless he will start to, to see the things and to say, yes, this was wrong and do something about it. Not to let his politicians ruin him any more than he has already. To stand up for what is right. And if they do believe in, in what they preach, they can really have a chance yet. You would describe America then, uh, from a religious point of view, as being morally bankrupt, perhaps, at the present point. Well, definitely. It always has been. Not only this, but Europe. In, the, in their approach to religion, it has always been the money, the conquest, the colonies. It's always been with bringing in a book and, with the other hand, stealing away from the people. The Hawaiians have that saying, but they told them, look to the sky, look to our God in the sky, and where they were looking up, they stole the land from them, from under their feet. We have the same problem here. We have dissension among us. Before, we are the only people, as has been said, who never burnt anybody in the stake for believing different than us. We've never put people in a dungeon or hung them or, or crucified them. We've never done anything as far as religion is concerned. That was a man's personal belief. And if he believed in the Great Spirit his own way, that was never entered his mind to question his belief. We never fought a war over it. We never killed anybody on account of religion. 
but now we fight sometimes. We find that the ones that, that have religion are very bitter toward us when they should love us. And so you feel because America, white America, was uh, organized on a false premise uh, that we're, we're more or less doomed yes. unless we change our way. Don't you believe that? I know that you believe it. And when people hear this, and if they really believe, if they really listen to my words, they know that I'm telling the truth. You cannot build on a false foundation on any building or anything. And, and this is built on hypocrisy. This has been built on, on injustice. And if they do, they still have time to work with the first American, which is the Indian. And if they will turn around and do the right thing for us and keep their treaties, the whole thing, and for us, then from there on they can start taking care of the other people that we have here, the other Americans who deserve also. But we, as original, as the original American, the one that owns this land, if they will start with us and give us justice in a Christian way, as they say, and not, 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 not to steal any more from us, this termination, it's a big joke. They want to take the last of it, and, and, uh, and, they, and it's camouflage. You can borrow money. I say that any time a man borrows money, he's in danger. I don't care who he is. So this is, this is not the point. This is not what we want. We want what we have. And, and from there on, if they will live their religion, and these people, when they put their hand on the Bible and, I say, and they swear that they, will, that they will protect the Constitution and all that, then we'll have senators over there that won't be stealing from the people and then be slapped on the wrist, like Senator Dodd. And I hope this goes out. And uh, so the, uh, the Indian can, can offer a good deal of counsel to the white man in terms of how to get back to the, the true uh, humanity, perhaps. Uh, this is exactly what this meeting is about. It isn't against the white man. I hope that no one gets the idea that I'm against him. I wish to help him, and I wish him to help me. There's many things that I'm thankful for to him and to some of my friends, and I have many friends all over. I was the best uh, man at a wedding in, in Boston at Nahon. This is uh, what is called high society, and I, who am supposed to be a savage, I was the best man, and these people are very well known. And uh, I've been at Harvard, I've, I've taught in Ireland, and I lived in Cambridge. I've been to the Hawaiian Islands, I've been to the Philippine Islands. I've been up and down the coast, I've been everywhere. And uh, I've lectured in schools and in colleges, everywhere. And yet no one can say that I've ever said anything that is against the white man. I'm just trying to point out the truth without hurting anybody. And if anybody can question me, I'll be glad to answer him. To say that I'm against the government or anything, that is not so, because all my tapes have been taped, all, all my speeches or lectures have been taped in no time. I was a volunteer in World War II, and I had four sons in the service, all volunteers. I'm not for killing, no. But at the time that my country needed me, we volunteered, even the way we've been treated. We've never, never backed up on them. But now, this is a different age. This is different thinking. Even your own people, your young people are thinking different. And we can lead the way, or we can help lead the way. And if we can all live in peace, this is what the plan calls for, for justice. Uh, what do you feel is the best uh, policy our government could adopt to, uh, to help the Indian most? Well, we have been doing very good with very little, with, uh, with uh, everything that we get or we have, or the things that we have are very little. 
but I think we've done very good. But uh, to live, each one will live like he wants to live. If 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 uh, an Indian boy wants to live in town, there's no one that'll hold him back. There isn't anything like that. We're going too far ahead. What we need is the basic part. We need we need a home. We need a reservation where we can come to when we get tired of the city. Still come back to our own, which would be like a park, but it belongs to us. We don't have rangers uh, and and gates and pay toll to get in to to worship in our own ways or to or just to look at the beauty of nature. We want the reservations as a home place where we can come. If we're desert Indians, we can go there and we can relax and get back to nature. The rest of it will be taken care of through education. We know that. Through education, that's the main thing. But then some people don't want to be educated, but that you find it among the white people too, these dropouts. But if we, if we let them, they have the freedom of leaving the reservation. But when they come home, they have a place to come home to. And this in itself has has tremendous power over the way that you behave. But if you're lost in the city, you have no place to go. You'll go into slums and you'll go into some sort of crime. And you feel it's important to be have this contact with nature, that this is a uh, kind of a renewing experience for the Indian. Well, man is nature. We have a saying among our people, which is, I am Mother Earth. I am the color of Mother Earth. This earth has been made fertile by the bones and the flesh of my people, where the beautiful trees grow, where the beautiful meadows are. There's where my people lie. And when I die, I will become part of Mother Earth, this body. Then my spirit will find his way to where I do not know, for only the great spirit knows where it will find his way. But to live and to look at the beauty of this reservation here, the green, the whole thing is beautiful rather than a skyscraper. But then if you want a, sky, a skyscraper, you can just go a little ways from here and you can go to New York and see it. And I think if you see it once, you've seen everything. But here, nature changes. We have here the summer where everything is green, the autumn when things turn, and the beauty of the colors. The whole thing is beauty. We love beauty. We're very poetic about it, yet we're supposed to just say, ugh, according to the movies. And we're always so busy uh, scalping people and fighting that we didn't have time to hunt and to, to feed our families. This is the wrong version. We have to stop that. Because a lot of people, when I lecture, they, they, some of the children are afraid of me because they think that I spend my time shooting cowboys. And uh, you feel that the white man, perhaps, uh, one of his problems is that he's removed himself from nature, from the out of doors, and uh, this kind of contact with the seasons and the elements. Yes, many have, but there's many. You see these campers, and where he got a camper, now he can move. Where do you find him? Anytime he has a chance, he goes back to the mountains, he goes back to the desert, he goes somewhere where he's close to nature. It's an instinct, so why can't it be ours? It's more so because we understand these things. Maybe he doesn't understand it anymore, but he has an urge to get away from the, from the town, from civilization, from all these... TVs and everything. He wants to get back and sleep under the stars. The white man is no different than we are, only he doesn't know why he does it. We do. If you believe, my white brothers believe in their religion, and they believe in justice, and they believe in mercy, and they believe in brotherhood of man as preached by the Christ, if they really believe this and they're not hypocrites, they will help us. They will see that things are right and we will see that the things are right for them. 
and we will get along as brothers. Let us live our life, and we let you live your life. If you want to come and visit us, you are always welcome. This is the, the Indian has always welcomed the white man with open arms. If we can form this brotherhood, and you live your religion as taught to you by the true Christ, as you call him, I am not a Christian, but I know about him, but I know about the great spirit. If you will just live your religion, really, believe in it, you can do no wrong, and you can do us no harm. And these things will take turn, and we will live for a long time in peace and in health, and we will enjoy together this great earth. This is paradise here. If you will quit digging up our graves of our ancestors and, and putting the bones on the exhibit, you wouldn't like if we dug yours. That would be sacrilegious. But if you will do and respect us, and we respect you, then you as a Christian, I who believe in the great spirit, can be brothers and live in peace forever.